1: and curse the patriarchy.
0: We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Stop,
1: drop, roll. Stop, drop, roll. Fire. Welcome to Love to See It, a show about super influencers, secret hackers, and sexy catfish chats. Today, on this special
0: bonus episode of Love to See It, we'll be diving into the all-singles season of The Circle, Netflix's social competition show.
1: We don't usually cover The Circle on here. It's not really a dating show. But this season, season five, they introduced a new twist. All players would have to come in as singles. Or I guess they selected players who were all going to play as singles. So this little injection of romantic energy shifted the vibe of The Circle for us, and it made it feel closer to a dating show. It made it feel like a love-to-see-it show. So we wanted to put a little spotlight on The Circle this week.
0: Yeah, this is the first in our channel surfing series where we will occasionally be diving into shows that are not The Bachelor, um, and we hope you enjoy this. So Claire, let's get into it. Let's discuss season five of The Circle. I personally was very into the first few seasons of The Circle. It started to drag for me. I didn't watch at all, season four. But I came back for this one. Just like this little twist was intriguing to me. Yeah, you're
1: just like, single people just are more interesting. And for that, I will return. I truly believe I was more interesting (laughs) when I was single. (laughs) Please don't write in and tell us whether that's true. (laughs) I, I... I feel like I've always found The Circle sort of boring. I did watch the first three seasons, but whenever I'm watching The Circle, I feel like violently pulled back and forth between being like, I can't wait to find out what happens and being like, this is mind-numbing. Why am I watching this? It's like watching paint dry. It's kind of fascinating how it manages to be both things at the same time. Yeah. Somehow I can get really into it.
0: There is something about watching... People agonize over interpreting other people's motivations, watching them descend into isolation <laughs> deeper and deeper, and go a little nuts. Uh, yes, who doesn't want to watch that these days? Because <laughs> who doesn't want to watch that? So relatable. <laughs> but also, I think they just cast really well on this show because they have to, right? It come really comes down to: Are you casting people who can be entertaining and interesting enough that? uh what
1: could be and sometimes is extremely boring is is like comes alive right because you're taking away one of the biggest components of a reality show that that makes the drama that makes the heat that's like the tinder striking the flint or whatever which is like putting the different people in the same room like they don't really have those kind of encounters that foster combustible so like social dynamics so you have to have each one of them kind of embody as much combustibility as possible or or as much charisma. So let's talk about just the broad concept. The circle is a game of social strategy. Players come into the circle either as themselves, as a version of themselves or as a catfish posing as someone else. Um it's all um they play and have contact with other players entirely through avatars and uh and bios and photos you know they are building a brand that represents them in the circle and it's either reflective of them or it's reflective of another identity they all live in one apartment building which has like a giant neon circle on the side it really is like that that super fast gentrifying part of a city where suddenly every old warehouse just like has a name like the Foundry Building and there's a lobby full of leather couches. That's the Circle Building. (laughs) And I'm fascinated by the fact that they
0: use the same building in the UK to film all the different versions of the Circle, I'm pretty sure, or at least the US and UK versions.
1: Yeah, it's become very familiar, a comfortable space. Uh, And so they all live in this building and they only communicate over a proprietary closed social media network called The Circle. And every few days, the players rate each other. The highest rated players become influencers, and they collaborate to choose a less highly rated player to block and eliminate from the game. Um, I think eight players come in at the start, and then new players are occasionally injected. And ultimately, five players make it to the finale. The winning player wins $100,000. So this is the concept of the circle. What does it feel like to be in the circle, right? You're at the foundry building with the giant neon circle on the side. They're all like on the same side of the buildings that you can, or it seems like they arrange it that way so that you can sometimes have in one shot, like two different people's apartments and you can see them in both the window. Inside. Yeah. But they can't yeah. like hear each other, or see each other. Whenever they have them all like go to the door to pick up their box of goodies. I'm like, do they stagger those? Like, are they literally like, absolutely steps down the hall from each other?
0: I, I think they stagger, And
1: they're all, they're also on different floors. Yeah. So often. Yeah. So often, yeah. um, I would just love to like fuck up the circle by getting on there and just like venturing out a little too early. And I see the other player. Um, I know. but that's never happened.
0: No, they certainly have a lot of producers like in the <laughs> control room communicating. <laughs> waiting with a yeah. <laughs> waiting with like a stun gun outside the door in case. I feel you like it's a very well-oiled machine, the circle. Like they have figured out how to how to make this work.
1: Yeah. And so the vibe really is. Quarantine. It's quarantine in a funky Airbnb decorated in like a colorful modern theme. It is very much like the
0: latest high rise in a gentrifying neighborhood and someone has come in to stage the model unit.
1: Yeah. And they're like Wayfair and is going to see me through this staging. And by the time everything starts to fall apart, we will have rented it. exactly yeah so they only have to live there for a
0: few weeks but (laughs) honestly i'm into it i was like i would enjoy a brief stay in any of these apartments there's some like fun funky
1: wallpapers there's a variation like (laughs) Like some of them i feel like aren't that nice and then every now and and then you're like oh they really found a cool wallpaper for this one yeah some some of them are really nice (laughs) and some Uh, of them are less nice it reminds me though of remember when we all started lockdown (laughs) And after a few weeks, you're just like, "Why is all my shit falling apart?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't used to be here using it all the time, so I've just crammed in like seven months of using <laughs> my stuff into one month." Yeah, now I, I also did. I also
0: did start obsessively doing like <laughs> random home renovation projects just because I was so tired yeah. of staring at the same walls.
1: Yeah, and so. I got my washer dryer fixed like, four times by our poor maintenance team because we were washing so many poop-covered onesies. Like, every day we had to do a load of poop-covered onesies. Oh, my God. Anywho, um, so they're all there in their funky Airbnb apartment building, and they're communicating with each other and with the circle, which sends alerts and, like, manages the game. And they do this over the screens in their apartments, which displays the alerts. It displays, like, new rules or developments in the game from the circle. It also displays the conversations among the players. So how do they communicate to each other? Obviously, they have to dictate to the screen, including emojis and hashtags.
0: Heart emoji,
1: sparkle emoji, hashtag. Everything, every time someone communicates in the circle, they're like, circle message. Hey, with like a lot of wise besties! Exclamation point! Feels so good waking up in the circle today. Really feeling those good vibes. All heart caps. emoji, <laughs> heart emoji, sparkle emoji. Hashtag circle fam for life and send. And I'm like, wow, that was a lot of emotional feeling, uh, work, a lot of a lot of talking, a lot of energy for like the most nondescript. Expression of sentiment. But that is the
0: magic of the circle. They need to cast people that are willing to give (laughs) that energy. It's like they're constantly doing a taping for like an ad reading on a podcast, and they're like, "Do once more with more feeling and energy."
1: Yeah, they're like, Like "That is the circle." They have to.
0: Yeah, they have to bring that all the time. They have to be willing to kind of do goofy bits by themselves. Like they're yeah. dancing, they're making jokes, they're talking to themselves, they're hiding in cabinets yeah. to like when like one player is is, you know, released and allowed to visit them. Like they're they have to ham it up yeah. with very little to work with and Their no other people. Sketch it's hard comedy
1: teams. And I mean, I think that the problem is that, like, they just don't have much material to work with. So, like, a lot of it does rely on them just, like, with a lot of energy and force, just verbalizing their reactions to every message. I also or, think like, that... heavily emoting. And when the message is, like, the one I just described, <laughs> and then you get another person reading it and being like, Oh, yes, hashtag Circle fan for life. Oh, Oh, that's such a nice message. Oh, Tina, I like you. I really like you. I do. And I'm like, she barely fucking said anything. That is, but that is where they get all the energy for the show, so they have to do it. And I'm yeah, like, they give to. these people more to work with.
0: They simply must. <laughs> I also feel like there are a lot of chats that we don't see because they have to inject the game with just a lot of alerts and kind of the more dramatic elements. And so... Like sometimes I I feel like connections were well because I've seen them like give interviews and they'll talk about this or they'll mention when they were trying to figure out the hacker like these are the people I spoke to in the last 48 hours and it's like we never saw those chats. Yeah, but for
1: example, when they were trying to figure out who was the hacker, Sam thought she had spoken to Chaz and then he tells her no, we didn't speak. We haven't spoken in the last 48 hours. and I'm like you guys are best friends and you haven't spoken that whole time. Like, you know what I mean? It it actually, in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm actually surprised they didn't have another off-screen chat during that time. It sounded more sparse than I expected. They must talk more than we see, because in most chats that we do see, players only seem to send between one and four messages. And that even relates to private one-on-one chats. Like, they'll each get out like, a, you know, a good greeting, and then, like, they'll ask a question, and then they'll tell a heartfelt story about themselves, and then they'll be like, I'm so glad we had this talk, and then they'd leave the chat, and I'm like, that was the shortest conversation I have ever seen, like, I can't imagine being satisfied, I'm living in isolation, I have a five-sentence conversation, I'm like, well, that filled my tank for the day. And I'm not even an extrovert. They just seem very snappy, which is good for the show because they, I think they want to capture as much of the development as possible. They're always closing circle chat after like seven messages have been exchanged.
0: Yeah. I think they're also trying to prevent them from figuring out too much. It's like a delicate balance. They need to connect, but they also need to have a lot kind of left opaque.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's... There's this way in which they're supposed to forge these strong bonds, but they're only given these very minimal windows in which to do it. And so then they have to rely a lot on just what people are claiming about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if they're just like, I want to see this through to the end with you, even if it's like your first conversation, you'll be like, Yeah, sure. I guess I trust them and we're best friends now. <laughs> it's very, like, comes very easily. Well, you have to work with what you can. Yeah. Like,
0: you know the stakes of the game are to connect. You're literally in isolation. Like, it kind of makes sense to me that you would just grasp onto the connections that you have and feel really close to those people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Even that if there's like, not a lot of substance there. I think it's like if you were on a dating app— but you literally had no other social interaction. You're like, my one form of social interaction is I get to go check my dating app inbox and see if I can like send back a little wave or like a flirty line. And that will be my one social interaction for the day. And then I'm sure you, yeah, you would invest that with a lot more meaning than if you're with all your friends. You know, what this moron just sent me on Tinder. Exactly,
0: exactly. (laughs) Like you, uh, I don't know, if that's all that's available to you, you're gonna really glom on. And I feel like you can see that from the way that circle
1: casts become really close after yeah, that, which is bananas to me. Like in my mind, they barely know each other. Based on they what feel I've so seen. connected. It's it's they one do. of the
0: most like friendly casts that come off a reality show. I think. Yeah, and I wonder no, if that's true. in part just the kind of people that they cast.
1: Yeah, I but. I think that it it must have something to do with the setting. That like they have i know that stockholm syndrome is like debunked but i do think that the way that they're in isolation must make those little tidbits of human contact so precious that they just they can't reject they can't just be like oh like this guy's just like a stumbling block in my plan they're like that's the only guy you're going to talk to for three days, like... Right, it's like how it, on The Bachelor, people can become kind of
0: obsessive and feel feelings of love, except that because friendship does not occupy the same space as romantic love, I feel like it's easier to sustain those connections once the bubble is kind of broken.
1: Yeah, this is, in a weird way, maybe the closest thing currently on TV that is a friendship show. It that's is. like... Yeah, this is like a dating show, but for friendship. Your goal is to make the best friendships, and it's positioned more it. as strategy. It's positioned less as date, like in in contrast to The Bachelor, which like is strategy, but is positioned just as like fluffy romance. This is positioned as like hard social strategy, but it it is about friendship. It I is. Weird way. Should we talk about the season five twist, which is Hell that yeah.
0: all of the players were told to come in as singles or they only selected players for this season who were singles it's unclear it doesn't seem like the players coming in knew that it was going to be an all singles season
1: yeah that made me think that they weren't told they had to because then why would they be surprised but then maybe they were just nudged like don't you think yeah. it would be easier to play single but I'm sure they had a good pool that they could kind of massage that. Yeah,
0: and a lot of people in past seasons who who aren't single, often they will come in single because it is just like another... It just does give you kind of another road towards making a connection. You can flirt yeah. it up a little bit. I think there was something, though, about making it an all-singles season that really upped the ante. Like I had never seen
1: circle dirty chat before. Oh my god, I was like <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> that was that I think that was Marvin and Raven that had that chat that like quickly became just straight up cyber sex. And Marvin and Tamira kind of also. Yeah, I was not prepared. I've never seen anything like that in circle Honestly. chat. No, it got. It's like it they all do. It. They're like, this is a single mixer. It's a single space. We're all like <laughs> out there on the prowl. So let's get out there and make some some very eggplant emoji comments to each other. And I bet they'll love it. Because if not, why would they be here? Which is again the way that I feel like men think on dating apps. And it's like, not necessarily, buddy. <laughs> but in this case, they were all receptive for their various reasons. Uh, yeah, it added that, like, that frisson that was like, this is a safe space for us to act like singles on the prowl. And I think it was really smart to add that twist. It's just like a little twist that can change strategy that makes people think like, oh, well, maybe my strategy isn't just to, you know, be the platonic best friend or, you know, the sister in the circle. Maybe it's to be, like, the wifey or the the boyfriend. There are it all also, these singles I could connect with that way.
0: It also makes it much more likely that you'll get, like, a love triangle in the circle, which was always a possibility,
1: but really went somewhere great this season. Yeah, this was the most dramatic love triangle I've seen on the circle. <laughs> Not the first, but by far. Because often the flirting on the circle is like pretty casual. I think that there was always the understanding that like, oh, they might be catfishing. They might not. They might have someone. They might not be single. They all knew that this season, but it's almost like they were like, well, it's the single season. So why would they go for it? (laughs) They put the catfishing part out of their minds a little bit more. Um, I
0: think that this is is just smart. I think it's smart of reality shows in general to inject new twists that don't change kind of the fundamental DNA of the show because that's why people come back. They want to be able to come back after not seeing a season and still understand what's going on. But at the same time, you just do make that little change in tone, that little change in nudging people and how they use their strategy. And you get kind of new life in the game. Yeah. And this is something I think that The Bachelor, for example, has struggled to do.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to be tough for The Circle, too. I think the strategy has already kind of stagnated. Like, the first season felt very wide open. And it very quickly became clear that everyone kind of knew how they should play it. And that led to results going a different direction. And it's hard to totally change that, but at least we threw some real twists in along the way with this, the single situation. Should we introduce the cast? Yes, let's go
0: through the cast. Should we start with our original eight? Yes, let's let's do that. So we had Brian, a 47-year-old who was playing Brittany, who was his actual daughter. Beautiful Um, um, 20-something
1: single mom
0: always amazing when you have like a middle-aged dude being like I know how
1: the young ladies speak I also his strategy um, the other side of it was that he works in like cyber crime and or or in like cyber investigation of crimes like he's like I use the internet to catch criminals and like what look at their social media and like, and like he wasn't that good at it but he was even worse at playing his daughter <laughs> We also have Billie Jean Blackett, a 25-year-old model playing as Bruno, her ex, um, also as a model, but a male model. She felt strongly that it was just easier for male models, that they didn't face as many judgments and assumptions as female models. And so she wanted to, to take that most sort of, like, desirable position of being, like, hot, and desirable but a man which like yeah that does honestly sound she was right yeah because uh, bruno barely had to do anything she was not a good player she no. was just like a hot and male she model, still and it made worked. it to like the middle of the season the yeah. fact that she is not a very good player proved her point beyond anything else she could have done <laughs>
0: I also will say that this is probably... This season is the best that any model has done, I think. Models have a really bad track record on the show because people always think that they are catfishing as a model or that they just, like, kind of suck. Like, a lot of the women who come in as models do get judged
1: pretty hard. I think also that, like, whenever you're in a position that's, like, you are assumed to be the most high status friend or partner in a group that your competition. And so like your
0: competition and people are suspicious.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not a good combination for the circle. We also have Marvin Achi, uh, who is a 27 year old engineer who came in as himself, but listing his occupation as personal trainer because he didn't want people to realize how smart he was which is funny because he'd made some really boneheaded mistakes in this game. And just because you're an engineer, it doesn't mean that you are strategically smart at social media, which is fine. There are many different ways we can be intelligent. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin made one of the most like easily avoided Boneheaded mistakes, so in this stupid. Game. We will get to that, get to but that.
0: Marvin really, really did this to himself.
1: But he is one of those engineers who can play as himself, but a personal trainer because he is the buffest person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he looks like a personal trainer. You're like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I almost don't believe that he's not a personal trainer. I'm like, are you sure you're? not? How do you have time to be an engineer and also go to the gym this much? Doesn't How do you get to me that jacked as an
0: engineer? <laughs> also. I think it's interesting as a man, you can be a sort of stereotypically less intelligent occupation. I'm not saying personal trainers aren't actually intelligent in the same way that like models can be very, very intelligent. And that is good and important labor. But I think it's another piece of evidence that men and women are going to be judged differently.
1: Yeah. I think that all of I think that the biggest thing that the people played with this season was profession like they wanted yeah. to be seen mostly as themselves but in a non-threatening profession and for men that could be personal trainer I'm not too smart it could be nurse I'm caring and empathetic for A lot of the
0: women wanted to be seen as nurturers Yeah As well, yeah.
1: The women, teachers, yeah. The women also want to be seen as nurturers. I think that the um, that that also made me think of, um, oh my gosh, of how women. We were just talking about the other day of how women often come in as like nurses, and they're also like NBA dancers or cheerleaders or fitness models, and it's like totally the case that a lot of women have both, like they're both flexible. Careers like it's not like being an MBA dancer pays you any money, but that is like that sweet spot of being able to say, Well, my brand is I'm a nurse, but if you look at me, I'm as hot as an MBA dancer. So we have, you know, women Best of both worlds being like, Yeah, I'm a preschool teacher, but I'm but hot. I look like a model because I'm a model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of which, uh, Xanthi Perticomatus, uh, 25. Came in as herself, but listing her occupation as a preschool teacher. She is, in fact, a model, beautiful Greek-American model with just so bubbly, so, so, so Adorable. outgoing, so warm.
0: Brett and- Robinson, 28, another model.
1: I was also like, who even is Brett? I watched in, him all season, and I don't actually know anything about it. He was on a Big Brother. Just a cold-hearted player who was on yeah.
0: Big Brother. Uh, I think uh, of but him yeah, as he a reality TV himself. professional.
1: <laughs> I mean, he kind of is. at this. If you go on two shows, yeah, that I'm seems saying. fair. He's, he's working his way up the chain. Um, Raven Sutton, 26. Uh, she came into the game playing as herself playing by herself, but she had company. She had an interpreter named Paris McTizek with her. Raven is deaf, and she wanted to... She expressed this, like, in the finale quite explicitly, that she wanted Mm -hmm. to come into the game and represent deafness and ASL, not in a way that was related to deafness, like a show about being deaf, but just showing that she could be in the game, that she just, you know would be being herself in a show that was not explicitly geared towards deafness. And so that was kind of her biggest, um, like identifier within the circle. She, she, she did teach people about ASL and, and she, you know, spoke to her interpreter, but she also, you know, we learned loves to twerk, loves to twerk, loves to flirt, loves to dirty talk. Raven. Yeah. (laughs) as as all women <laughs>
0: contains multitudes <laughs> and i i think the circle is is such a perfect venue because the circle can accommodate so many different abilities yeah like yeah. it is it it was so easy to make the game work for raven and i love that they just went that like small distance and did that and it was such a good reminder that like so many of these shows so much of our media so much of our culture could easily accommodate people who we don't normally see on our television screens and like that is just a choice not to
1: yeah exactly and I I I heard saw so- I saw some commentary like oh she could have just written the messages or whatever but I think that, like, having her participate the same way as everyone else and also, like, seeing her signing, I think, was really cool representation. Yeah, seeing her
0: signing and then also getting that energy. Like, Paris was an amazing interpreter and really was there as her interpreter. Like, we never saw him. Like, he would interact with Raven sometimes because they are friends. Yeah. But we didn't
1: see him, like weighing in on yeah her he wasn't like girl don't respond to yeah. that don't don't save marvin just because he told you he wanted to do push-ups over you uh yeah then we have Chaz laurie uh 28 who also came in as himself but as a nurse he in and fact single and single yes he in fact is engaged <laughs> to uh his longtime partner, and he is an entrepreneur. He runs a business called Shampoo Poppy, like cleaning and detailing cars. And so he, yeah, he was like, I want people to see me as like nurturing and warm. So I'm going to- And he also is really nurturing and warm. That's the thing. It really suits him. (laughs) I was like, but it's true. If he had been like, I'm an entrepreneur. I love like, making my business, like, climb to the right. top, you people would be would like, have oh, he's different different assumptions. assumptions." Yeah, he's, he's, he's looking to get to the top. Like, he's motivated by success and not by, like, interpersonal. Yeah, there are a lot of these assumptions that you make. Sam Carmona is 34, and so obviously, you know, at 34. I love was, her. <laughs>
0: 34-year-old like single single yes. woman from Brooklyn. I love you, Sam. <laughs> Came in as herself. And um I think she was she, I guess she and Raven were kind of like the most themselves of the original of the original 8. Like no no lies
1: at all. Yeah, maybe Brett but, like, what did Brett even say? Oh, yeah. And Brett, but Brett, <laughs> Before said he got basically blocked. nothing. Yeah. So, the first blocking, um, they did basically just everyone pick someone they would block after their very first initial brief group chat. And Brett didn't even then really rated each get other. a chance to say anything. He could have in the he second half tried harder. He could have tried harder. He 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 waited. And the problem is that, like, the people who were rated at the top, The people they picked to get blocked just immediately got blocked. So between them, Chaz and Raven blocked Xanthi and Brett before the first day had even passed. So Brett and Xanthi
0: got blocked and then were immediately given a chance to come back into the game as a partnership playing a catfish named Jennifer, a 51-year-old. White lady who trains dogs and is single, of course.
1: Of course. They're all I think that at 51, no one wanted to come in as fifty-one in the single season, but the circle was like, you're going to be fifty-one. So honestly, she, she was able to craft her identity. As it was a fun, fun dif- divorcee, divorce, like, Yeah. <laughs> um, and they they end up going really far um as this false identity. Yeah, and they came in as at the same time as Tom. Yes, Tom, 36. He comes in as himself. He is a stand-up comedian who lives in the Tower of London. Yes. Because his dad... I think his parents, his dad's job. Yeah. Um, royal stuff, yada, yada. Um, and he and Jen immediately form this very tight alliance based on having come in at the same time. They go on a date. She gives him candy underwear and he wears it. So it's like sort of that weird, it's like we're flirting to solidify our alliance, but obviously we're not really flirting. So we're just going to be cool buds now. Yeah, it was very (laughs) goofy over the top flirting. Tom also has a girlfriend. So he, I guess, was, he was lying about his relationship status and that's the sort of thing that the single season created is that like there was really no reason for this private like date and the hangout for them to be like flirty at all like no it was just an opportunity for them to solidify an alliance but they're like what the hey we're here let's do candy underwear and flirt (laughs) and not worry (laughs) about it in the morning uh we also we also meet uh (laughs) <laughs> we remeet Shubham. For those who are fans of the Circle, oh he God. was one of the power players of season one. His whole the thing was up.
0: the runner up of season one.
1: Yeah, and he blasted through the game by just being like, "I'm like a kind of nerdy, but like genuine, nice guy, and I'm gonna play myself and just be genuine and genuine actions like, are gonna hate get me social through." Social media, I hate social, social media. media is trash. He does, of course, now have like half a million (laughs) Instagram followers. Yeah, which again, he got by being so genuine. And of course, the circle didn't let him come back without a handicap, which is that they have chosen a catfish identity for him. Sasha, a 23-year-old blogger and hottie. (laughs) And Shubham does not know how to play as a twenty-three-year-old woman whatsoever. <laughs> oh my god, it was incredible! I loved this twist because Shubi was so bad at it. This was like the, the the experience on the show that to me most recreated that moment when you're reading the tweets of like someone on Twitter who has an avatar that's like a hot woman, but you're like, this really, really is definitely a man. Like, you're like, 100%. this is a very, very angry man. <laughs> like, like, he was coming into every conversation and being like, all right, I say we all band together and form an alliance to take us through to the end. Who's with me? And that's fine. And like, it would be fine if a woman, a 23-year-old 20, blogger approached things that way. But it just doesn't ring quite true. Like, all of the other young women... Are coming in with like hashtags and emoticons and like softening things. Like he doesn't soften things at all. I'm like, you are not socialized in a way where you are trying to like make people feel comfortable with you. You're just like, who's here to form an alliance? Are you in or out? Raise your hand. And and he was bad
0: at it. Like he was yeah. very
1: bad well, yeah, at making
0: connections. Because as everyone's this just false like, why person. would I
1: want to form an alliance with you? I don't know you, and you're you've coming given on me
0: nothing. Really you're weird. So
1: th- <laughs> And really strong.
0: (laughs) And it was interesting to watch his performance in contrast to Tasia, who comes in at the same time as Shubi and also is catfishing. She is catfishing as Tamira, a 22 year old cosmetologist. She is, in fact, in real life, 28 and by her own words
1: a quote hardcore lesbian who yeah. never wears makeup she brought like a cheat sheet of <laughs> notes on like a spiral Brilliant. notebook of just like what makeup products are and then apparently never watched like a makeup tutorial or learned anything she was contextual like textual about the makeup <laughs> she didn't know what primer
0: was and yet she still somehow managed to use enough context clues and luck and like fool the actual makeup
1: artist in the group, Sam. Yeah, because you know what? Sam is just pure of soul. And when Tamira was like, my routine is I put on foundation and mascara and that's it. <laughs> Sam was like, really? Isn't your face really flat? Well, I guess she must just be really beautiful. Really beautiful people don't need very much. And I'm like, yeah, so they don't put on a full face of a foundation and nothing else. I don't care how beautiful you are. If you put on a full face of foundation, you probably need some... Yeah, if you just are
0: really, really beautiful, you just don't really use foundation. You just do a little bit of spot covering and, like, a little bit... That, like, no-makeup-makeup look.
1: And, like, in her profile pictures, she is not wearing foundation and mascara. She's wearing, like, a full beat.
0: She's... Oh, yeah, I was gonna say her face is beat.
1: Sam is just too too generous. Sam really wanted to tamira to be real well and i think that tamira <laughs> brought or that tasia brought this to tamira she is similar in age they're both in, you know she's 28 so a little older she's also a woman she has mm-hmm. a personality and a she's comfortable she's comfortable in the chat she's comfortable on social media so she's able to come across as like fun, like a fun, cool young woman, which is like kind of the most important thing unless you get caught out like not knowing about makeup when you're a cosmetologist. Exactly. I think that what is so interesting with the catfishes and what we see
0: is that you have to inject real pieces of yourself into the catfish to really make them work. And I think Tamira, sorry, Tasia, does that as Tamira really, really well? Like she merges, she merges herself with yeah. this avatar, She's and we see that to an extent with Zanti and Brett too. Actually, oh yeah, because Zanti kind of becomes the really sweet, open voice of Jennifer, which I think is reflective of who Zanti is. And Brett brings kind of the cold, calculating
1: strategy. Yeah, just like this is what we Jennifer. need to do to. To advance Jennifer, and then Je- Xanthi can put it into words. That I mean, Xanthi could easily grow up to be a fifty-one-year-old fun wine mom one day, and so and she it's would want to just love on stretch. everyone. <laughs> she brings that like warm, fun, loving, feminine energy that people love to see from like their fifty-one-year-old auntie figure. What we when you have a problem, it's like with Brian playing Brittany, where you're just like you think everyone loves young women because they're beautiful and young. But do you understand there's, like, a whole language of young people and, like, a right. culture that, like, you are just not
0: fluent in all? And personality. At all. Like, yeah. women—I think young women are socialized very carefully to have— a very clear way of communicating with each other, of signaling intention and warmth and reaching out for connection. And that's something that you see really missing from both Brian and Shubham's performances.
1: Yeah, like if you think it's just as easy as like, oh, if I looked like a hot woman, everyone would love me. It's like, no, there are so many social skills that go along with being a well-liked hot woman. Yes. (laughs) And... You would have learned at least some of them if you, you know, had grown up that way, and like also to just be a whole different generation. It's just so hard to bridge that. I already don't know how to talk like I'm a Gen Z kid. Yeah, I think that's just like a bit. Like
0: Brian would have had such a different run. I think if he had come in as himself and been like, "I'm a like 47 year old grandfather. I'm obsessed with my
1: granddaughter. Like, one hundred percent girl
0: granddad and girl dad. Like."
1: It would have gone really well. That would really have landed well. so differently. But he didn't yeah, know what to do with Brittany, who he clearly adores. You know, his daughter. But it's not like, you know, he didn't know what to do with her other than be like, "What a sweet person she is." She would just be like, "I love all of you, and I'm so happy that we're here being friends." And everyone was like, <laughs> "You what?" <laughs> so yeah. Well, who else do we have? We have um, one last. Oliver. Uh, uh, one last c- player who comes in. Oliver, 26. Oliver Twixt. It's always rough to be the final player
0: who enters. I think we've seen this a few times where they end up making it to the final six and then they are cut because they just have the least time. Yeah, it's a tough position. He he does a decent job. Um, I think he did a great job. I think if he had been there longer, he would have absolutely
1: made it to the finals. Yeah, probably. Although he he made a little he he did make a strategic mistake, but that he did. That wasn't entirely his fault. He didn't know everything that had happened before he arrived, but yeah, he he comes in uh toward the end and we barely really get to know him. But he is fun, energetic, plays as himself.
0: Yeah. Um he- and yeah, makes it does does like a decent job with what he's given to work with.
1: Yeah. And so that is, that is the cast. I think we should take a quick break and then we'll come back to talk through what happens in the season and how the singles content plays out.
0: Can you keep up? I like if you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary.
1: With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket.
0: There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy.
1: I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is
0: a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down
1: if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try
0: it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just
1: fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge
0: get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
1: visit betterhelp.com love to see it today to get 10 off your first month
0: that's better help h e l p.com love to see it Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save-the-dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake.
1: Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or,
0: you know, from your couch, which is certainly how uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungely as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I
1: won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home.
0: And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain.
1: So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of 100 dollars or more.
0: They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices.
1: To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI
0: for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
1: 1 in 5 Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should because it's very important.
0: If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list
1: with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works.
0: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as
1: 3 weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world.
0: Plus all, of 14 award-winning lang- plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was
1: Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com
0: slash LTSI.
1: Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: And we are back. And I want to talk about how people went about building alliances via flirtation. We already, I think, touched on how Jennifer and Tom really solidified their alliance via candy underwear.
1: But there were others. That was almost just like performa flirting. It was like, we're here to flirt, to show that we are interested in each other as partners in an alliance. (laughs) And there were other flirtations that were more serious that kind of really mingled strategy and sexual chemistry in a much more confusing way. Which could be both powerful, but also combustible and dangerous, I might say. I think that Marvin, Raven, Tasia, and Oliver are the ones who most overtly attempt to mingle alliance building and, like, serious flirtation. Marvin ends up in a love triangle with Raven and Tasia for this reason. Oliver kind of goes after Chaz. Um, and they have a pretty intense flirtatious encounter. Um, a little too intense, I think. For, yeah, that <laughs> for Chaz, Chaz is maybe more on the recipient side of yeah. He's not yeah. quite as sure about it. Billie Jean tries to do some fl- like Bill. Whenever Billie Jean talks about her strategy, she's like, "I was really good at flirting because I know what women want to hear." And I'm like, "Did you ever really successfully flirt anyone into no being a strong ally? Because it it didn't register with me." Bruno seemed to just nap all the time. Like, what was Bruno doing? Bruno was just, like, a sweet-looking guy, and that got him pretty far. And, like, didn't say anything overtly, like, bro-y and dickish. And, like, sure, that's good. But he, he, she, Billie Jean also didn't really make use of the that sweet-talking to really get anyone, like, in her pocket. And she could have.
0: She really could yeah, have. Yeah, it's... We've seen it work well in the past. It worked like, on this um, season. And with Julissa, who won season two, yeah, I mean it's was like in the past in work- like a circle relationship with Chloe, basically the whole time. It
1: worked for it worked for Marvin until it stopped working. You know, it's definitely possible. I think that Billie Jean just wasn't good at it. Just wasn't very good at it. <laughs> you. You, ha- you can't just you know drop a couple sweet nothings and then. She liked the killer instinct, you know, to yes. like go in and be like, "I want you to be my circle hashtag circle girl or whatever." Like that, it never got to that level. Um, and so ultimately, the success of the strategy is pretty low. Like it's mixed at first, but then the success rate keeps going down, and ultimately, it because helps Marvin no
0: one. shit the bed. Let's be clear, <laughs> Marvin does very well with this at first. He and Raven, I think, form a very strong mutual bond. And Raven, as we see, is a very loyal player. And she's yeah. an emotional player. So I actually think this connection could have been extremely fruitful for Marvin. 100%. And then he's just
1: so reckless with it. He's reckless. I think that what we see with Marvin and also, in my opinion, with Brett and Xanthi, is that there is a risk... To being a hot sexual commodity or someone yes. who is perceived as a hot sexual commodity. Like Brett and Xanthi came into a single season as like flirty young singles, like models, very available, ready to get down. They seemed like they should have been poised to be like very much in the mix this season, right? Like they have the toolbox. And instead, they both got blocked like immediately. Yes. And so part of like I do think that that Brett 100% did not represent himself much at all let alone in a good light in that initial chat and he sort of <laughs> thought that he was like oh I'm cute like I'll I'll get my chance to talk like no big deal and that didn't serve him well but I also think that there I think that probably they suffered from the the expectation that they would be highly rated because They are conventionally hot and young. And so they seem like competition. It's just like, get them out of there. And so they didn't even really have a chance to flirt in their way into an alliance. They were ousted immediately. I could definitely see Billie Jean trying to, like, slide into Xanthi's DMs. Oh, yeah. I think that that would have happened.
0: And I think that that maybe could have worked. Because I think had Xanti been playing on her own,
1: she would have been a much more emotionally driven player. Oh, yeah. For sure. She's just a good person. I'm team (sighs) Xanti. Me too. Um, But it proved to be (laughs) more of an explosive roadblock for Marvin. He... Let's get into the details of what happened. Like, <gasps> oh my he God. came in, he was like, I'm smart, I'm an engineer, but pretty girls are going to be my stumbling block. And then he's like, that's what happened. Pretty girls messed me up. And like, yeah, what happened is that he fucked up his strategy by flirting with Raven and then flirting with Tamira and not being honest with them about his other relationships and not being loyal to Raven. And... He was, like, this hot commodity in the circle, right? Like, he was very swole. He is handsome. In his bio, he was like, I'm an ally to women and the queer community. Like, so really, he's like, I'm safe. I'm hot, but also safe. Yeah, he's like, hashtag feminism. And then yeah. he
0: proceeded to dirty talk to two women, tell them conflicting things, and then go to another straight dude and... Brag
1: about it. Yeah. Really overtly. <laughs> yeah. Classic hashtag feminist behavior. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, he had he had really groomed his profile to be like a straight woman catnip. And so two women went for him. Raven was genuinely really attracted to him. Tamira, obviously, not because Teja is not into men. <laughs> But she was like, this is something that Tamira would do. She would, she's hot, she would flirt with this hot guy, she would use and that And Tayshia's a an smart alliance. player.
0: She's like, first of all, Tamira would do this. Also, Marvin looks like someone who would be into this. Yeah. And she was right.
1: 100%. So Tamira moved pretty aggressively to like solidify a romantic connection with Marvin in a way that Billie Jean could only dream of she like has him on a date in the hangout w- where they basically just like private chat from different rooms than the rooms they're private chatting from. Normally. But they get to like
0: <laughs> it's just fun for
1: them to be in a different space and they get little goodies. Right. It's mostly so they can have like chocolate-covered strawberries and be like, yeah. ooh, this room has different wallpaper. <laughs> I love yes. this. Um, so they go on this this date and Tamara's just like, so like, can I be your your queen in the circle? And this is an awkward question because not only does Marvin have a previous connection with Raven, he has done some pretty intense cybering with Raven at this point. And he has told Raven that she is, in fact, specifically his queen. Multiple times. Like, hashtag
0: my queen, hashtag my circle queen. Right. And instead of being like, "Hmm, maybe I should sort of like roll things back a little bit and express because he hasn't told tamira at this point yeah they've just been like flirting a little bit yeah and and tamira doesn't know that marvin had been talking to raven and instead he's just like well who's gonna find out i guess i should just go for it that seems like a good strategy he's like yes you're my hashtag queen (laughs) oh my god and then uh, first of all Again, goes to Tom, brags about it in like a really weird and overt way. As Tom says, it is laddie behavior.
1: Yes, I love the Brits, and he also underestimates the fact that women talk. Yeah, what did he think was going to happen? Because Tamira, what ta- what Tezio Taiz- knows is that one alliance with Marvin is not enough to get her through the circle, and I think that is one of the pitfalls of a single season. It is one of the pitfalls of alliance building through flirting. You get in that relationship. That is one connection. That is not very much in the circle. You need many more. You need more. And so how can you leverage that um, girl talk? That is like literally the only way to leverage it. So smart. So you immediately go to your girls and you're like, I want to talk about the hot date I had last night. And then Raven is like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So funny you should say that because he told me I was his hashtag queen. And that is and Raven very just simply <laughs> simply
0: never trusts him again, and neither does Tamira Tasia,
1: and neither does Sam, who was also in the girl chat when this all comes right. out. Um, You know, Raven is well-connected at this point. Marvin is her number one, but she's also besties with Chaz and Sam. She's... Raven knows she does not
0: need Marvin, and she's so put off by his behavior that she just aggressively
1: goes after him to get him eliminated the next, like, two ratings. Oh, yeah. In the... (laughs) they, They play a game... The next day, the circle will send them little games to play where they can, like, ask anonymous anonymous questions of each other. And just, like, stir up shit. To stir, stir up shit. suspicion. And he- Marvin gets hit with two, like, anonymous questions, probably from Tasia and from uh, Raven, just being like, so are you, like, talking with all the girls? Are you flirting with all the girls? Is that your strategy? And he's just like, wait, what? And everyone in the circle is like, Oh, shit. And it just, like, nukes his reputation in the group. So he, he cannot this recover. as, like, I... My stumbling block was that I'm just, like, too distracted by beautiful women. I actually think it seemed like a strategic decision he made that was dumb. Because in this moment, when she asks, like, can I be your queen, he hesitates. Yeah. He's like, I already... I do have Raven, but also he clearly doesn't want to alienate Tamira by, no, by bringing I that up. No, I think he
0: thinks that he can, that he is smart enough to juggle both of them. And he underestimates yeah. both Raven and Tamira. And thus is not even smart enough
1: to figure out that they have clearly been talking to each other. And of course, they there are only like six other people to talk to. Like, do you really think they're never going to talk? I mean, but this is the thing. Like, he presents it as this like emotional thing that he just like couldn't resist. And I'm like, maybe that was a component, but I genuinely think that a big part of it was that in that moment, he was like, I could have two women put me as their number one and have two really powerful alliances because the romantic alliance is so powerful. And he's like, well, I don't want to not have Tamira's alliance because I rejected her. So I'm just going to agree. And it's like, that's 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 a strategic decision. It's just a stupid one. Like, yeah, don't tell me bad. that you're it's just, like, such a romantic. It's that not that it's act- not gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? who is it? Newt Gingrich, who talked about, like, how he kept cheating on his wives by being like, oh, you know, sometimes in my passion for this country, I just, like, got swept away or something, some bullshit like that. And it's just like, come I on. I think
0: Marvin is <laughs> too passionate about his country.
1: <laughs> He's too passionate about something. He's too much of a patriot to win. He's too much of a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He he was in a tough situation, though. Like, what would have been the best move? Obviously, not the one he made, but if you— I think it's
0: hard. I think yeah. it is hard. I think it would have required some more delicate maneuvering. Like, the ability to kind of see a few steps ahead and be like, you're awesome. I really— like, feel like we have a lot in common. I really want to keep talking to you, but I also want to be really honest that, like, I've been chatting with Raven since before you came in the game, yeah. and I'm, like, a really loyal person.
1: There is absolutely a way to do it, and that's what he should have done, but you're never going to be as strong with Tamira as if she never wanted a romantic Bond with you to begin with. You know what I mean? It's like if you're in a friend group and all of the guys keep hitting on you, I've never had that experience, but I bet (laughs) it's awkward because it's like I could just be friends with these people, but now I have to either date them all or have our friendship be weird. Or I guess I'm like not really part of the friend group anymore. You know, it's just like if Tamir just wanted to be his buddy, then there's no rejection involved, there's no conflict. And instead, it's like, he has to brush her off and that's going to create this little bit of distance. And that's the problem with flirting as a strategy. It ki- it can work, but it can only really work once because people are going to want that exclusivity. So then you can only build like one alliance with that strategy. And then it's like, gosh, I hope everyone else just wants to be my really good friend <laughs> and they won't be offended. Because <laughs> that's what worked for Chaz. That's why Chaz was like the most beloved player in the game. Like no one really had a romantic connection with him until Oliver. And Oliver. he clearly saw that as a threat. Like very quickly he was like this is on unsta- this is like kind of an unstable bond between us. Yeah.
0: He was like the stronger
1: connections are our
0: friendships. Yeah. Because you can have an unlimited number of them.
1: Yeah, and they're not affected. I mean, he managed to have a uh, a wifey in the circle, Sam, um they're both Queer, and so they bonded over that in their like first private chat. And she was like, "You can be my like husband," and he was like, "Yes, you'll be my circle wife." And they just like t- spoke of each other that way for the rest of their time in the circle. They always put each other at the top of the ratings, but it didn't take away from his strong friendship with Raven or her strong friendship with Raven or the other Chaz, connections that they made.
0: Chaz managed to connect with almost everyone. Like he had a really strong friendship with jennifer with tom with marvin like he he just was a really really good even like like the hardest even bruno the hardest thing to do is to both play a good game and be a really good person and if you do it well enough that can help your gameplay because this is a connections game and I think Chaz was just phenomenal. Phenomenal at it.
1: Yeah, he was really good. At, I mean, he, you could see how he would, like, coach other players on how to connect with him, which was fascinating yeah. to watch. Like, he would, at one point... Tom Bru- and Bruno. Yeah, at one point, Bruno was really at risk. And I was like, let Bruno go. What's Bruno bringing to this game? Bruno never says shit. Like, Bruno's a dud. Sorry, Billie Jean. Um, And <laughs> he... Did a chat with Chaz and Chaz was just like, I'm rooting for you to like show, show us who you really are. We need to know who you are. And otherwise, like, we don't know how to like be your friend. And Bruno's just like, modeling has been really hard for my self esteem. And I've always not valued myself and being in the circle has finally made me value myself. And Chaz was just like, thank you. Like, you completed the assignment that I just gave you and how to connect with people 101. And- and, and now like, I but love now you. I feel connected with yeah. you, one hundred percent, yeah, Chaz
0: had such a warmth that really radiated even through the screen and fully matched his actual personality like yeah i I mean they have not yet announced there's always sort of like a a people's choice of the circle, and I really hope he I hope he wins that.
1: I think that um it's interesting that. Even as strategy has shifted and that, I think, tends to change the shape of the game and the final winner, consistently, I think, every season, the people who tend to make it to the end as, like, a core are people who play fairly emotionally. Like, not with, like, complete blinders on, but people who are just, like, if they're my friend, I'm going to rate them high and I'm going to root for them and I'm going to try to connect.
0: Because here's the thing. Xanti and Brett are a great example of this. You can be cutthroat and strategic, and you can get your way to the final five. But then you're gonna be in like fifth place, yeah, because no one likes you. <laughs> yeah they're like, uh, <laughs> or they're like, they're fine, but I don't trust them. So right. why would I
1: rank them high? Jen actually, an uh, this is the other sneaky thing the circle does is that they'll be like, you have a gift to give as you're leaving oh, the circle. Give this special power to like whoever you think deserves it most, and then the outgoing player will give it to like their best friend. But then in the it's circle. like a trap. It's a
0: trap. Like if you get to be like the hacker, it, that's actually a terrible, terrible
1: power. To there's have. always a way for someone to figure out that it's probably you or that it could be you. And then that wraps that that up their whole game. You. It, it, yeah, Jen thinks that she's. <laughs> Chief, that they're doing a really good job with the hacking. And like I initially this was it's so smart stupid. Move. Initially it's not because it has- I never
0: thought it was smart. It has, I was like,
1: don't okay. involve Chaz. I'm just saying do not ha- involve Chaz. I'm just saying it has the initial effect that they want. Yes. But in order to get that effect, they made some really stupid, they exposed themselves, right? So Jen poses as Chaz. They get the power to hack and like do one chat as another. Account. So they pose as Chaz. They chat Sam, his like bestie. They know. They're like, we have to say something that will make it seem like Chaz, and we know that he calls her wife. And so they use the nicknames that he would use with her in the chat. And then, of course, once they find out there was a the hacker and that Chaz didn't actually talk to Sam, he's like, I'd never talk to you that day. They're like, well, who else knew that you call me that? Literally just Jed. So, like, in the process of pulling off this cool move of having this chat with Chaz to seed suspicion about the player they wanted to knock down, Tamira, they exposed themselves. As I just could tell that <sighs> this was bad.
0: Like, it's I so honestly dumb. think a better use of the hacker is to subtly build yourself up rather than make a big swing to try to tear someone down. Because then even if you're exposed, it's like more innocuous. Like I think with taking such a big swing, it's like Tamira, Sam and Chaz felt extremely violated by this move.
1: I also think that like the bigger thing to me is the more that you try to make it so sneaky and like. It will seem just like him because I know these things about him. The more you're opening yourself up to, well, what if no one else knows that about him? Right. And so the better thing to do is, whether it's taking someone down or building yourself up, is to be <laughs> as generic as possible. And they'll probably just think it's the other person because, you know what? Who else they will don't be into that? Yeah. Right. And so, like, if they had not. Tried to use those little inside jokes. Sam probably Sam would have believed it was Chaz, and she would—they yeah. would never have guessed that it was Jen. And then, of course, they like talked themselves out of it being Jen, but it had already kind of sullied her. Sam knew. Sam, he, Sam knew. knew. Sam did not. Sam did not
0: let it go. Chaz Sam is, was like, no, "Chaz is more generous than Sam." Chaz is very generous, and Sam was like, "No, she's <laughs> playing me, and I—I'm really angry about
1: that." Yeah. There is something that people just really don't like about uh, a woman who seems very like nurturing and sweet. And then it's like, but if there's like a crack in that and the whole thing is poison, it's very unsettling. Mm -hmm. So the hack. Yeah. Whenever someone gets that power, I'm just like, you don't want that power. You want to be the person who never like Chaz, who just like was always open to connecting, who never, who never had beef with anyone, who never gave an opportunity for anyone to be suspicious of them in any way. And then at the last minute, in the final ratings, you can be cutthroat. No one will see it coming. Yes. Which
0: I do think a number of them did. And it was fascinating because I feel like Xanti and Brett, as Jennifer, knew that they there was no chance they were going to win. And so they used their final ratings and voted, like, fully with their hearts.
1: Oh, well, I hope so. Because they did not in the second to final
0: ratings. No, well,
1: that's what they said. They said we were yeah. voting just completely honestly this time. Yeah, They, like, definitely put Chaz and Sam yeah. as the top two. Xanthia and Brett ultimately, in the second to final ratings before the, the final group, Fucked over Tom, their closest ally, They the, the hacker situation and some related <laughs> drama had tanked both of their social standing in the group, but they had each other. They had this alliance. And even though Tom was starting to be suspicious of Jen because they had lied to him about being the hacker and then ultimately confessed after he confronted them again, he was like, I've come this far with Jen. They're my ally. I have to keep voting them at the top. Meanwhile, Tom. meanwhile, Brett's over there being like, Xanthe, we have to range, we have to rate Tom last because otherwise we're gonna be last. And fuck Tom. It's his time. And I'm like, you you screwed over your friend. Why? So you could come in fifth at the finale. That's kind of bullshit. <laughs> I
0: know. You were never gonna win. You were never gonna win. Just like Call it, take the L. But Brett cannot. Brett cannot take the L until he is forced to, is what we really learn. And like Tom has been very gracious about this in interviews and stuff. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm still really close with them. I'm like, I don't know. That would leave a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: I would be like, I will be friends with Xanthi. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because he really Andy wanted to ev- rate Tom first. Every single time. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, Brett talked her into kind of all of the
1: harsher strategic moves yeah he's cutthroat let's let's talk about Xanthe and Brett for a minute they were such a weird um a weird little vignette in this season the two the two hot singles who get shoved together strangers to run a, a catfish account together in the same apartment sharing space I was like, two beds, one or these But otherwise two... very romance novel trope. <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, when are they make out?
0: I wanted it. I wanted them out. to make out. And they don't
1: they it's don't. bullshit. No, I mean <laughs> it they felt must a little, it felt a little, I was like, what what was going through their heads? What was going through the circle producers' heads that was just like everyone is watching us in this cage, like <laughs> expecting us to make out, or were they just focused on strategy? Um I'm sure that, like, the circle would have loved it, or, like, the production would have loved it oh, if yeah. they developed a romance, but I, they, they had, like, no chemistry, I would say. They were very, like, friend vibes. I thought
0: that, yeah, I, I thought they had, like, a flirty friend vibe.
1: Yeah, but it was not like genuine chemistry. It was just like we're we're doing flirty friend. But it's not like like if I found out that they dated, I would be oh, they shocked. Mean, no, I could tell pretty quickly. I was like,
0: these two aren't actually gonna make out and date. But I just like wanted it because they're both yeah, hot. just because they're two hot
1: people. Doesn't if this mean was, that was a Hallmark movie, they would fall in love absolutely yeah, precisely They'd because you could never see them together exactly. And they have no chemistry. But in real life, I guess that just that doesn't happen yeah they do have fun, like giving lots of bait, you know they're doing like light horse play. they're giving each other like skin treatments. but it seems clear that they are not trying to get into a weird hookup with someone they live in an apartment with that they don't know. They did seem to have a lot of fun though, and I thought that it was a smart it was a smart twist, yeah. I, I mean, I think that they should do that every season. They, sh- they should just turn into a full dating show and put random <laughs> people who oh my are God. compatible sexual orientations together. Imagine
0: if Joey had gotten from season one, had gotten to
1: live with. Yeah. It honestly a woman. doesn't matter what hot woman they put him in a room with. He would be trying. Actually, that is the one thing that makes me think that they should never do that. It's just like a sexual harassment stew.
0: That's so true. Oh, God. It's <laughs> like you
1: get a guy who's just like, I'm going to make this happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brett was like, I'm truly just here to play this game and play it well.
1: A lot of the time, Brett was giving me more just like, I'm the older brother and my slightly younger sister is like so soft. kind of torturing me. <laughs> and... <laughs> You just have to kind of tolerate it. Like, we have some fun, but also it's like, oh, sisters, right? (laughs) And I'm like, that's a better vibe than relentless sexual harassment. So it could have been a lot worse. That is true. And I found it fun to watch. There was
0: something interesting about watching. Like, I think it was easier for Brett to get Zanti to really play with her head instead of her heart because they both had a real human connection to fall back on. Whereas all of the other players were really, really dependent on their virtual connections. But like nothing's going to trump a person in your apartment who's playing with you, who's your actual teammate in this.
1: Yeah. And they're playing as this catfish that they have no connection to. So they even have that greater step of remove from their conversations with other people, which is like, they're not even talking to me they're talking to this 51-year-old dog trainer that I don't resemble. Um, so their their real-life relationship must have felt much more real. Um, but then whenever they actually meet anyone, you know, Xanthia's like, I'm so sorry.
0: I, I <laughs> She's like, so let me much. confess every bad thing I did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I want to tell the truth. Can we be friends? <laughs> and it does sound like they are all friends yeah,
1: as, as we, we said, the friends. circle
0: the circle really lends itself to that,
1: yeah i I feel like Sam is the only one that I could really see just like holding a grudge and only against Brett, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think th- who uh, yeah, I also think Brett, yeah, I
0: also think honestly Sam will not hold a grudge because she spoiler alert won.
1: yeah, let's talk about the finale. um the final group is chaz sam raven tamira and jennifer uh, and oliver until chaz is voted the secret super influencer and has to block one player face to face and he does block oliver and is basically like he was uncomfortable when oliver came on to him pretty hard uh just because you know he wasn't sure if it was genuine interest or gameplay and he'd just seen how raven got fucked over by marvin kind of two-timing her and not maybe being as sincere as she had thought and he was like also i'm engaged (laughs) and oliver was like okay that's fair that's fair (laughs) like good luck out there um and so we're left with Chaz, Sam, Raven, Tamira, and Jennifer. Um, so those those final five meet face to face at a fancy dinner where secrets are revealed. Um, there are two more people than everyone expects because Brett and Xanthi are being are playing one person, and also Raven has Paris with her. And they learn that Tamira is a catfish. They learn, of course, that Jennifer is a catfish, and Jennifer finally cops to being the hacker. I feel like Zandy is just like I got to get it all off my <laughs> chest. Like <laughs> She's I'm telling like, you, we were everything. the hacker, and I rated top last, and we're so sorry. Um, and Sam, Chaz, and Raven are just like we were just so honest in ourselves, and that's why everyone <laughs> loves us, and we're great. <laughs> it was just like clearly one of these three was going to win and
0: really Sam or Chaz was going to win.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought that Raven might have a chance in the same way that Sam had a chance, which is just that like, they have, they both have all these connections and bonds, but Chaz has been like running the game so much that no one would want him to beat them, but that Raven I, and Sam might sneak under the radar. I thought that Raven had a chance until
0: I saw that, um, Jen, that Brett and Zanti rated her last, and mm-hmm. I think basically if you end up at the bottom of someone's rankings, it's very hard to become number one. Whereas, if you are hovering in like the two range, yeah, that's that becomes easier. And I think that that is what happened to Sam. I will say that it did really make me wonder if Sam or
1: Raven had rated strategically. I would be sort of surprised if Sam did because Sam seems sort of purely emotional to me in a way where Raven seems a little bit more like strategic while still being mostly like genuine. Yeah. I feel like I would be more surprised if Sam dropped Chaz because because of how passionate she was about their Tamira did say she was going to be, like, hardcore strategic, so. I bet Tamira did the smart thing, which is rate Chaz last. Like, that's, I feel like, I would probably have put Chaz at the bottom. I probably would have done Jennifer, Tamira, Sam, Raven, Chaz. Like, whichever person I was in there, you know? Yeah. Put that person at the top, uh, or take that one out. But that would be an order of, like, the competition they would seem like to me. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm sure at least one person put him last. And
0: I think that 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 is ultimately what happened. So the final rankings left Jennifer in fifth place, Tamira in fourth place. Neither of those was a surprise. Raven in third place. And then Sam won, and Chaz was in second. I was surprised, even though I shouldn't have been, because it was so obvious that Chaz was running the game, that you're right someone was going to drop him and that like one person putting you in fourth.
1: Yeah, I think can that a pattern has developed since season 1 of people being more strategic in these moments and that really hurting the person who has been the most overtly popular in the game and it's usually someone instead like Sam who it has never been influencer or is rarely influencer but who has a lot of strong connections to other power players and who is gen- generally generally well liked but doesn't seem that threateningly well liked because yeah that you don't they don't seem like someone you need to put in last place to protect yourself against and So I really did not expect Chaz to win. I was like, he has been influencer like five times in a row.
0: Like, yeah, part of me was like, he deserves to win because he's so nice.
1: And I think in Um, a lot of other ratings, it doesn't make sense to be strategic in that sense. Like if you have a good relationship with Chaz, then you want him to be influencer so that he will save save you. you. No, it's a different thing when you get to the final ratings. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, it just is. And, and
0: I I loved seeing Sam win because she was so like it was so clear how surprised she was and how genuinely moved she was and how much of a difference she felt like this money would make in her in her life and her ability to like set her grandmother up yeah she's um, in a potentially in a nicer living situation yeah, I was I do admit it. I was thinking like oh god New York's housing market like post-tax $100,000 will only go so far, yeah. unfortunately. I, it, but, will,
1: it, it definitely could make a difference from yes. her current situation, which, which sounded rough. I think her grandma has some health problems and also lives on, like, a high floor and the elevator goes out frequently. Like, I was like, that sounds like something that could be improved very bad. on with a chunk of yeah, money. Yeah, she
0: clearly needs to be living on, like, a ground floor
1: or in a building with an elevator that works. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so she was very emotional and excited to beautiful. be able to give back to her family. And
0: Chaz was so encouraging of her. Like, these two have such a strong bond. And that is something, again, that I really like about The Circle because it is a friendship show. The love that you end up seeing between everyone at the end there's just such a relief to be like in person and so many, so much of the gameplay is able to kind of float away for people that yeah. it's, it's really lovely.
1: Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just want to do a final consideration of the circle as a dating show, which I think this season it was trying to be. And players have always flirted on the circle since the very first season, often single people come in and being like, I'm hoping to meet someone. And I'm like, here, <laughs> really? <laughs> but they do. Like- They're like, I'm hoping to meet someone on the circle. So, why has it never really happened? I think season one, Joey and Miranda, they met when he blocked Miranda and then like, shared a kiss. And then afterwards, yeah, I, was gonna say, they I were think like, they made out. They were like friends sort of, like, complicated friends afterwards was my understanding, like, not... Yeah. ...not completely unromantic friends. That might be the closest that we've ever come to a circle romance. Raven and Marvin are apparently leaving the door open. At the finale, he... Came up to her to apologize again, which he did before he got blocked. And they were like, "We accept your apology, but we no longer trust you." Goodbye. Um, he's like, "I am really sorry. I do want to fix things. Can I still fix it?" And she's like, "You can fix it." And apparently, they're still talking, and she I has expressed her... that he has made some progress. So maybe Good. that will
0: blossom. You know what, Raven is a queen, Marvin. I hope you are treating her
1: like one, and and like the only one. <laughs> Yeah, the, the only queen—not just like not one the queen number two. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. Yeah, but you know we've had five seasons. I will sometimes say, "Oh, sure, people can find love on The Bachelor. You can find love anywhere that brings people together." But the circle does not have a high hit rate for romance. So, what's going on? Like, is it really just that a show that actually is about finding love does? Foster more connection. Like, is it better to go on a bachelor show if you want to find love than the circle? I'm starting to think yes. You maybe you do I need to sit yes. around and think about how much you <laughs> want to fall in love.
0: I think also just in the sense that a lot of the people who are on the circle aren't single. Yeah. So you know that <laughs> a lot of people who are on that the bachelor are single. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> what? Fair. Um, I think something that is interesting though is that I do think the circle can provide a great breeding ground for people who would be great on a dating show. And therefore, I think that Netflix's new crossover show, The Perfect Match, is brilliant. And they are bringing a lot of people or like a good handful of people from the circle back to be on this big crossover dating show. And like, that is smart. Bring people who are single, who were... Fun players on a show that is really not a dating show, and drop them into an even more overt romantic atmosphere where that is the goal. And I think that that is a great way to do it. Like in, it's interesting. It's like you can instead of having to go on the Bachelor to get on Paradise, you can go on the Mole or the Circle and end up on the perfect match.
1: Yeah, you're like I've got my reality career set now. But I I don't have to suffer
0: through. Like dating just one person and competing with like a million other people for that person.
1: Yeah. No, the Bachelor uh, itself is sort of like the mole or the Circle in that it's like the first show you have to go on so that you get to go on the show where there right. are lots of hot singles for you to date. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just the it's the obstacle. <laughs> it's the the first hurdle. Yeah, I think that that is absolutely true. A lot of people on the Circle are not single. I also think that I would actually be curious to see like a love is blind, but that is crossed with the circle where it's like, you're, you're basically just like watching people like DM each other, like emojis, you know, hashtags, cheesy pickup lines. And then, you know, you know, and then they, they meet. You know, instead they're having these like real genuine conversations and it's like, they're actually getting to know each other. This is ridiculous. I want them to have like four <laughs> brief spicy DMs, with lots of them have to pick and then pick. And then we get to, you know, see the chemistry of re- reveal in, in real life. So just like taping a dating app. Yeah, basically. I think it would be insanely chaotic. I don't think that there is nearly enough there to assess someone. From the amount of contact that you have in the circle, but I think that it's the human impulse to connect and to seek that, and to be like, he really liked my joke that I made about um, deckled edges and how they ruin <laughs> the experience of reading a book, and so clearly we're soulmates. And is that a line you used on the on OK Cupid? No, there? but I do really hate deckled edges, and it just like came into my head at that moment. <laughs> Why would you like them? It make it make it so hard to flip through a book. Anyway. I agree, (laughs) but that is the kind of thing that I would probably try to sprinkle in to like find the kindred spirits. And then you meet them and you're just like, why did I agree to have an entire pad thai with this? Claire Dead. just wants
0: to see a dating show that like is aping her like MySpace relationship from high I school, which never she was like, unattractive on or
1: or a lo- Sorry, Live, Live Journal. Journal. Where did you meet the guy? Live, Live Journal. Journal. Oh, I'm sorry. So different from MySpace. yeah. There was a lot of drama to be mined there. Do you have any idea? <laughs> that was more dramatic than most of the relationships I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> that is true. And if you want, that, you know, what? take That's some fair. notes from the teenage experiences of those of us who grew up online, and then into the dating app era. Like, you know what? I really, I support it.
0: I want to see Netflix continuing to iterate in the reality TV space. I like to see them experimenting, injecting some romance into, like, potentially non-romantic shows. And I think that that could help them
1: develop future shows. You
0: could call it... And now they have this, like, big pool of people.
1: Love Journal. And you're just interacting (laughs) with with other hot singles. (laughs) On live (laughs) journal. On live (laughs) journal. (laughs) They're leaving comments on each other's posts. Like you're setting your mood to like pensive. (laughs) Oh my God. You have
0: to, I want everyone to like have to pick away messages, like cross it with AIM. Too. I loved,
1: I love Live Journal because it would be like mood, pensive, like weather, windy, and like four <laughs> other things at the top of every, of every post. And then you're like,
0: I know who this person is, and I know they what are they're pensive, feeling right now. And they have a lot of feelings. Yeah. I think that that would make for a great TV show. And then they're like, BRB, mom needs comp. <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> BRB algebra homework. Uh, yeah, I I would love to watch that. I, I think that that would be like a great inspired by the shir- circle show, like something more chat based. That's that's my takeaway from this season of the circle. Okay. I love it.
0: I love it. If you're listening Netflix, please take on our notes. It gives us the opportunity for sexting. I'm just going to say it. More sexting. More sexting. That is what we need. In 2023, we want more sexting (gasps) on television. And
1: on that note, that is it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
0: If you like our show, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread
1: the word to all your friends about our show. How else will they find out about it? Please (laughs) help. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com.
0: You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and on Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter rich text on Substack at com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Clary e. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We will be back early next week for the big premiere of Zach Schalcross's season of The Bachelor.
1: Can you keep up? I like love. It. Stitcher. Streaming May 23rd only on B.E.T. Plus, Miss Pat is back. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass. Family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man?
1: That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. Dad, you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show, streaming May 23rd on BET+. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets.